And here we are on day 21 of the 21 Days of Storytelling, featuring The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. The story snippet of the day is chapter 18, The First Dragon Collector. Now I'm going to warn you, this is not a chapter filled with action and adventure. I almost didn't include this in the next few chapters in the story because I just wanted to get on with the action. But the practical me realized that Javen needed to know the geography of the land and background info of his heritage. Could I have helped him learn it in a more exciting way? Probably. But this was the best I could do with the experience I had at the time of writing it. And although I did edit this section to break the chapters into smaller chunks when I revised it, I chose to leave the way I told this part of the story. Why? Because no story is perfect. There are always ways to improve. I wanted to remind myself that it's okay not to be perfect. I wanted to be content with doing my best with who I am and the writing skills I have at the time of writing any given story. My mission is to get better with every book, to deliver a better story with each story I write. And when I wrote this section of the story, I had a map that an artist friend of mine drew for me. I referred to the map as I wrote, and that helped me picture it. I wish I could share a picture of that poster board sized map on the blog, but my friend took it with her to create a digital version of the map. Then she moved, and we lost touch, and I haven't seen the map since. I'll work on creating it with my less than stellar artistic skills and having that for you on the blog. To be notified when it gets posted, be sure to join the insider's email list at authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. You'll also get access to the DK Drake Starter Library when you become an insider, and a digital version of the Dragon Collector is included in that Starter Library through today. Today is also the last day for the rest of the year to apply for one of the three available slots of the personalized writing workshops with me. If you want a writing mentor to help you write your story, be sure to apply today at authordkdrake.com backslash writing workshops. All right, enough preamble. Let's get to the story. A story that includes a fantastical explanation for the real Bermuda Triangle. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, DK Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes insider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother he just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Chapter 18. The First Dragon Collector Ravier picked up a piece of chalk. Let's start at the very beginning. Javen couldn't help but notice Ravier's unintentional reference to the song Do Re Mi from The Sound of Music, his high school's spring production last year. He had helped build the set. Now the song was playing on an endless loop in Javen's mind, making it more difficult to concentrate on Ravier's history lesson. When God created the world, the earth was one large supercontinent. Ravier drew a circle on the slate and outlined the edges of the supercontinent within the circle. Then he began drawing lines that divided the supercontinent into sections. Large beasts, such as dinosaurs, dominated the region now known as Africa. Snow tigers and lions lived in the European and Asian regions, while quaggas, monkeys, and lions dominated the South American region. The most feared, most respected, most honored creatures, the dragon stalkers, 
ruled the mountains and plains of North America. Um, what about humans? I'm getting to that. Ravier starred the land in the middle of the map. Mankind settled in the Middle East. Now, the rich oxygen atmosphere allowed man to live an average of 900 years, but instead of using those years to live for and grow closer to their creator, they turned from God. They became consumed with their desires for selfish pleasures and grew extremely corrupt over the course of nearly 2,000 years, angered at man's defiance. God sent judgment on the earth in the form of a worldwide flood. Hang on! Javen raised his hand. I know this story. God had Noah build an ark. The flood wiped out everything and everyone except Noah, his family, and all the animals Noah brought on the ark. You are correct. Javen smiled and put his hand down. He wasn't sure why he was proud of being right when he was the only student in the class. The flood didn't just wipe out the human and animal populations. It changed the face of the earth. Ravier erased his supercontinent and redrew the land to look like the map of Earth Javen knew. It was so powerful and so devastating that it caused the supercontinent to break apart into seven distinct continents. The very atmosphere changed as well. God knew that with decreased levels of oxygen in the post-flood world, many of his creatures would not be able to survive. So in the great rift between the Americas and Europe-Africa, he created a new dimension. A dragon dimension. The extinct animals of the post-flood Earth would reside here, and the dragons, with their unique gifts, would rule the land. This was not part of the biblical flood story Javen had heard before. How do the animals get from Earth to here? he asked. Why are humans here if dragons are supposed to be in charge? Let me finish telling the story before you ask any questions. Okay, sorry, keep going. Thanks. Ravier rolled his eyes. God chose one man to work with the dragons to build the portal and round up the animals that needed refuge in the new dimension. That man had to have been Noah. No, it was Japheth, Noah's youngest son. Ravier sounded rather smug, like he enjoyed telling Javen he was wrong. Before the flood, Japheth gathered eight baby dragons, a male and female of each kind, then cared for them on the ark. There were dragons on the ark? They must not be that ferocious if they were able to coexist with other animals and humans. God had a hand in keeping the dragons from devouring the other animals and all the people by enabling Japheth to telepathically communicate with the dragons. Once the floodwaters subsided and everyone was able to leave the ark, Japheth learned that if he was able to ride a dragon, he gained that dragon's loyalty. It would go anywhere he directed, follow any orders he gave, and protect him from any threats. His brother referred to his dragons as his collection, so he began referring to himself as a dragon collector. Okay, this collecting thing is starting to make a little more sense, Javen said. Just to make sure I'm clear, let me ask this. If I get my own collection of dragons, I'll be able to tell dragons what to do, and they'll have to do it? They're not your slaves, but yes, you will have their complete loyalty. Ravier crossed his arms. Can I get back to the story? Sure. Javen began to wonder what other benefits came along with dragon collecting. Would having his own dragon collection turn him into a babe magnet? Surely Chicks would dig the chance to ride around on the back of a ferocious dragon that only he could tame. Ravier turned back to his earth map and drew a triangle off the coast of Florida. Following God's directions and with his collection of stalkers, Japheth flew across the Atlantic on the back of Xandador, his male midnight stalker. The other flying dragons carried the wingless dragons. They landed in what is now Puerto Rico, then Bermuda, and finally Miami. In each place, Japheth plucked scales from the backs of his dragons and fused them to rock walls in a huge octagonal shape. He also carved out a circle in the wall next to the octagon that was just big enough to fit four dragon scales into. I would explain the science behind how the portal works, but I don't understand it. It's a complicated system that the protectors would eventually study, record, and master, so you don't need to worry yourself with the details of portal codes. I certainly don't want to waste my brain power on it. With some divine guidance to help him, Japheth figured out the portal activation process. Once he had the portal set up, he returned home 
gathered all the endangered animals that were living near the Ark, and used the teleportation abilities of the Dawnstalkers to teleport the animals to the portal. Javen raised his hand. Question. What? Why take the time to fly across the ocean if he could have teleported there in the first place? He crossed his arms. Teleportation seems like a better, faster way to travel. Dawnstalkers can't teleport to a place they've never been before. Oh, good to know. So, with the portal activated, any animals that swam into the triangle were transported to the dragon dimension. The land creatures went through the wall. After all the animals went through, the leader, young Xandador, invited Japheth in. Although he was tempted to see the wonders of the alternate dimension, he refused. He needed to remain on Earth to have sons and daughters and help rebuild after the flood. Xandador thus left Japheth with scale keys to access the portal if he ever changed his mind. He then left Earth and entered the Great Rift. And the Great Rift is this place we're in now? Yes, it's a dimension roughly the width and length of the Atlantic Ocean, and is made up of seven distinct regions. Let me show you. Ravier and Javen crossed the room to look at the map on the wall. An odd-shaped island in the midst of red and purple seas filled the wall. It was divided by thick black lines marking the borders of the different regions. The northernmost tip, Exius, looked like a giant thumb covered by a white, icy-looking landscape. Ravier pointed to the thumb. This is Exius, a cold, barren land. The only habitable places are in underground caves. Javen shivered just thinking about living in such a cave. He liked the warmer look of the land below Exius, though. It spread out like the palm of a hand and was covered with pictures of thick clusters of trees. He pointed to it. This looks more human-friendly. It is. That's Gibbet. The weather is warmer, but the thick jungles make building there challenging, and the abundance of monkeys are annoying to deal with. Javen moved his finger to the wide-open area south and east of Gibbet. What is this region? It was more than twice the size of Axius and Gibbet combined. The northern corner of the region was filled with pictures of volcanoes, while most of the rest of the area looked to be a bleak desert. The only exception was the far eastern shore that was filled with a picture of a huge lake and trees and open space. That's Tirza, the country just north of Xandador. An extensive mountain range separates our border from theirs, while a desert separates us from our neighbors to the south. Ravier drew an air circle around Xandador with his finger. We're in the middle of the Great Rift. The weather is near perfect all year, and the land is the most habitable in this entire rift. The river that runs through the middle of Xandador breaks off into various streams, allowing us to set up cities and villages pretty much wherever we want. North Xandador, where we are now, is hilly and mountainous. South Xandador is swampland along the river, then turns into rolling meadows and farmland. Javen noticed four distinct areas separated by dotted lines on the map of Xandador. What are these sections? he asked, indicating the areas. Those are Dragonstalker territories. The Midnight Stalkers own the mountains in the north. The Noonstalkers own the northeastern shore from the river to the mountains. The Duskstalkers own the southeastern shore from the river to the desert. And the Dawnstalkers own the southwestern shore from the lake down to the desert. That's where we went yesterday. Got it. Javen was starting to understand the lay of the land. The rest of Xandador was divided into different sections the way America was divided into states. Right in the middle of the country, just north of the river, was a picture of a castle and the name of the capital city, Japheth. That's where his mother was. That's where he needed to go. Now to finish our little geography lesson. Ravier shifted his hand to the land southwest of Xandador, decorated with colorful trees and flowers. This is Kekrik, a lush rainforest. Wonderful plants grow there that we use in many of our foods and medicines. A giant canyon divides Kekrik from Varzak, a mountainous and rocky region to the southeast of us. Javen noticed that the canyon looked like a sideways Y and also separated Kekrik and Varzak from a blank, white land on the southernmost part of the Great Rift. What's this place? Javen asked, pointing to the white land. Ravier flinched, clenched his fingers into fists, and said, That is the land of no return.
The land of no return? Why did that place sound familiar? Because his mother had mentioned it. That's where the king banished my dad to? Yes. Do you think it's possible he's still alive? Ravier stared at the map. No one who's ever been sent there has ever come back. That's not what I asked. I asked if you think he's still alive. Ravier shook his head. No. He clapped his hands and rubbed them together. Back to the chalkboard. You have more history to learn. Javen, angry with his grandfather for giving him no hope in dropping the subject of his father so carelessly, returned to his seat. He would sit and listen to Ravier lecture. But when the lectures were done and he had a dragon to ride, Javen planned a trip to the land of no return. He would find out for himself if his father was alive or dead. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days. So be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. <laughs>